Good evening, my little darklings. We've got an interesting show lined up for you this evening. UFO, UAP, aerial phenomena, non-human biologics. Those are topics that are finally being spoken about in public and in a setting with Congress and many other levels of politics, lifestyles, religions. But what's real? What is the clickbait and how do we, the people, begin to understand the information that's being released? Joining me tonight, Dave Foley in the first half of the show is an actor, entertainer, and has been researching and discussing the UAP UFO phenomenon, both in person and at live events like GalaxyCon, and on his new insightful and educational podcast, Really?, with co-host Tom Wheeler. Tonight, we're going to discuss the newest information, the attempt to discredit the whistleblower David Grush, and more. A little bit later on in the program, as the Daves of Our Lives show continues, Dave Scott is back for the second half as we discuss some of the fascinating UFO UAP encounters from Canada. And we'll round out the show with the Falcon Lake, Shag Harbor, and Montreal Lights incidents. Those are all tonight in store for you right here on the home for the best in paranormal talk radio. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is my Paranormal 60. Good evening, friends, and tonight you are in for so many helpings of Dave. You don't know what to do with it. We've got three of them on tonight's program, and then after tonight's program, I'm joining Greg on Ghost Box Radio, and you can watch that right here on my social media channels as well, Ghost Box Radio tonight. That takes place at 10.05 Central Time. For the rest of you watching and listening around the world, I will put up that banner throughout the show today so that you can make sure to listen and check it out as well. We'll be talking about ghosts and more on that program. Tonight, though, let's dive into the world of UFOs, UAPs. I know this is something that many of you keep reaching out to me about with all of the information that's going on in the world and on the news and from different sources. It's getting hard to kind of figure our way through this, to understand what is exactly going on. And I've had the good luck and good fortune of making a new friend while attending GalaxyCon conventions and finding out that his passion for UFOs is real. He is back with us tonight. Dave Foley, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I, now I we, realize, I'm realizing we're all from that generation when every other male child was named Dave. Yeah. That's so, a, uh, yeah. There are no Daves under 30. I don't know if you know that. Mm -hmm. Zero. No, I definitely know that. I've got 11 children, none of them named Dave. That should have been the biggest clue. <laughs> I didn't even name my own children Dave at this point. Yeah. Uh I got it. This was really really cool. I of course was at the last Galaxy Con with you and uh I had people coming up to my table and they're like, "Dave, I don't know if you know this, but actor Dave Foley is big into UFOs. He did an entire talk on UFOs." Because right now, a lot of people don't realize with the SAG after a strike going on at a lot of these conventions, the celebrities are not um, able to really kind of talk about the programs and entertainment that they're usually there to talk about. And they said that you moved so deftly into talking about UFOs and what's going on in the world. They were blown away. And they're like, 
have you, did you even know Dave Foley's into UFOs? I said, yeah, I heard something about that. So, uh, of course, we've already had you on the show having a little bit of a discussion, but I wanted to, to kind of come back to this tonight with you is there is so much going on. And I know you and your partner are, you call yourself kind of novices when it comes to this, but you're talking to the experts in the field on your new podcast, really. And you've given permission later this week, we're going to air one of the audio versions of their podcast with a link so that you can continue to find them on tonight's program guide. I have links to those programs as well. And so that you can keep up and subscribe to the really podcast. But with all that's going on, Dave, and now the fact that um, whistleblower David Grush, his medical records have been leaked in what seems to be I don't know, a really poor attempt at discrediting this man who's been very open about his struggles with PTSD. It, it feels like there's some kind of weird calculated move going on here that even the government is not thinking through very clearly. What yeah. is your take? Well, I think maybe the, the, uh, the Intel community was just feeling nostalgic for the old days <laughs> of smearing people by releasing their medical records. They were having, they're in the middle of a Daniel Ellsberg flashback. Um, uh yeah it's <laughs> it's um yeah it, it's 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 appalling for first yeah off, for one thing um because it's it well first off it's to, to uh use mental illness as your uh as your uh uh grounds for trying to discredit somebody's uh sworn testimony in front of congress is terrible because it's for somebody but also to do it to a veteran to do mm. it to someone who has suffered uh you know you know, uh, trauma in battle and to try and use that to discredit him is, uh, is just truly despicable. And, uh, well, and, and the problem is too, the, the stigmatized term of mental illness elicits a lot of extremely negative concepts as though the person is crazy is not in, mm. in control of his faculties. He is one of the cleanest, clearest, concise speakers I've heard speak on the subject and he keeps his wits about him no matter what's thrown in his direction. He seems like he has it all mapped out. I guess where some of the confusion comes for me is the fact that it, it appeared after his initial um, briefings that he uh, you know, was actually told by his agency that this is what you can talk about and that he was serving that element of his position if you will but now it's almost like they're pulling that back with these attempts to discredit someone and he is not mentally ill in the sense of not in control of his faculties no. he's just dealing with with ptsd which is not to be diminished by that yeah uh, it's it's a terrible ptsd right. is terrible and it's but it's mm -hmm. definitely not a uh uh a a delus a delus an Ill would that be the term he's def not, not? They, he doesn't suffer from delusions he doesn't have suffer from any um you know ptsd doesn't impair your ability to assess reality uh all it all it is is, is basically it's you have a heightened trigger for fight or flight response to danger and that you you know that you sometimes um yeah that you will that those that heightened survival instinct uh, that comes from being in a situation where you might die um, can wind up getting uh, applied to uh, situations where it doesn't need to be. And they, then it can be a, a problem in your life. And he had this, it, you know, he had depression from, uh, uh, from the, from PTSD, he had depression from friends who had died and he dealt with it. 
you know, medically, I mean, even in, even in the, uh, that hit piece, you know, they, mm-hmm. they have, they have to make sure that he, he was, uh, you know, he went into for treatments and was released the next day. So clearly not and a profound problem continues to hold a job in a pretty high profile position within our, our country's organizations that if you think yes. he was so ill suited and ill fit to speak, you wouldn't have him in that position. No. And yeah. And, and, uh, and certainly his, his bouts, you know, with, uh, with, uh, that these, these bits of depression and PTSD, uh, were not concealed in any way. Uh, they right. were reported to the proper authorities because he's done, does everything by the book. He's a very, you know, same way with his whistleblower complaint, everything's by the book, uh, which is the frustration for the UFO community because, right. uh, because, <laughs> uh, they, a lot of them don't seem to understand that Twitter is not considered a skiff. Um, so you can't really reveal classified information on Twitter without going to a place called prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so, and, and that he doesn't feel a duty to Twitter more than he feels a duty to the nation. Which again, says something about uh, no lack of diminished mental capabilities, right? He's able mm-hmm. to sit without cracking before Congress, answering tough questions and saying, being able to differentiate between here is information I can give you. And yes, Mr. Foley, I do have more information about the non-human biologics, but we'll need to speak about that in the closed session. If it was somebody that was mentally incapacitated, he would be spilling everything. And he has been towing the line and watching the company's uh, line from get you know st- step one, I think, in these hearings, which has been pretty impressive in itself. Yeah, that's the thing, is if you just consider anyone who makes claims like this to be delusional, Mm-hmm. Uh, then you can, then, you know, what can we say? Um, but if you look at him, there's certainly nothing about his behavior, nothing about his performance in that setting that is, that is in any way delusional, any way incapacitated. Uh, yeah. And, and we all, and also the fact that we're seeing the public facing uh, side of this testimony mm-hmm. and it's on the record that he has given over 11 hours of testimony to the uh, intelligence community inspector general. Uh, and that was then referred to uh, staffers from the intelligence community and, and the oversight committee, I think. Um, but, but the uh, Senate and house committees and he has given sworn under oath testimony to those committees. And on top of that, um, that he has said he has had corroborating witnesses, some with firsthand accounts of these programs, right? Gave testimony also to the uh, the ICIG and to the you know staffers on these committees. Um. So, uh, so it's it's there's there's a it's so the notion that we can just dismiss him as uh first off that people will try to dismiss it as oh it's just secondhand this is just hearsay is ridiculous because that's that's like saying that's like saying a homicide detective uh who investigates a murder because he's this here's the thing he investigated for four years uh for on uh, on instruction you know he was you know that was those were his orders that was his tasking to mm-hmm. investigate for four years uh reports of uap programs and to find out uh what what the government knows about uaps uh, so for four years, he investigates it. He comes up with 40 witnesses who tell him that there is reverse engineering and retrieval programs. All these witnesses are all to his, by his estimation, highly credible uh, and uh, and believable witnesses. Uh, but he doesn't just go here at once. He spends four years investigating their their reports. 
and decides to take their the information given to him to to Congress. So that's like saying calling that hearsay is like saying mm -hmm. a homicide detective who spends a year investigating a murder and then presents his evidence in court. Oh, it's just hearsay. He didn't actually commit the murder himself. So how does he know what happened? So, right. you know, so it's kind of the same. It's a, it's a ludicrous um, uh, to call it just hearsay to to make right. to, to uh, liken it to something. Summarily thing. dismiss it to something when there is obviously a chain of command. There are many different people within the positions. That is where I talk about the misinformation level, though. It always seems that we get, um, you know, with every bowl of information, there seems to be disinformation in spoonfuls that are added so that the credibility can always be kind of questioned, right? That there's always that one little, but what if and how did... And that to me seems so strange, especially as we have, have escalated to this element where the government has released footage and have mm -hmm. claimed, yes, this is something we don't know and we don't possess it and neither do China or Russia or any other foreign powers that we're aware of. We cannot attest to what these craft are or how they're doing what they're doing. That only leads more into Grush's statements of what it is yes. and what's going on with that. But then they add the corollary of we have no evidence of extraterrestrial being behind these phenomena, uh, which is the get out of jail free card for the media and for anyone in the public who desperately does not want to acknowledge the fact that UFOs are real um, and uh, and common. You know, that's the uh, and the and then and that we have absolutely no idea of what they are or what to do about it. Um, do you find it strange too, that when, when this information started to leak, it was going out to major reputable news sources, right? Mm -hmm. When the, the Tic Tacs and, and the kind of soft disclosure that was coming out was being carried and looked at very seriously. Now we're looking at congressional hearings. They're not even relegated to like a court TV. They're on YouTube streaming. It, it seems I, I, I don't understand how this is happening, how this information is being given out, and why people still don't seem to even really know. You know, there's a huge portion of people that don't realize that this whole thing is going on at this point. Yeah, or that that hearing even happened. Right. But, well, and even it should be huge news that AOC and, and Tim, Tim Burchett mm -hmm. sat in a room together and didn't try to rip each other's throats out. That right. alone is huge news. That should be front page stories, you know, uh, for, for weeks. Um, but nothing, you know, really. Well, to, you but know, Dave, as you pointed out on, on Instagram, I mean, Kevin Spacey was acquitted of sexual yeah. wrongdoing that day. So it's really, do we talk about UFOs yeah. and bipartisanship coming together to, no. to actually agree and look upon something, but Kevin and, Spacey's been acquitted in England. And having starred with him in an animated movie in the nineties, it was a great relief to me. I, I can see. Uh, I mean, we can now we can all watch a Bug's Life again uh, yes. with our children. Thank God, yeah. yeah. And the new animated House of Cards is coming out, and I heard <laughs> yes. that you're taking oh. over the role with it's, Kevin Spacey. It's going to be so good. It's going to yeah. be good. See, I told you there'd be misinformation in the episode. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. it. That's the extent of it. We're we're watching now as these things are coming forward. People are speaking. Um, this isn't anything new, though. 
you're talking to Jeremy Corbell, George Knapp, so many other amazing people, Paul Hynek, uh, the son of, of, uh, uh Jay Allen, Jay Allen, Jay Allen. Yeah. I always want to say Alan J and I can't yeah. flip it around Jay Allen Hynek, uh, from project blue book. And they're, they're explaining this. The problem I run into is when I do a show like this and I talk to the experts and the people who have had boots on the ground examining these things. Um, and, and then I'm told, yeah, but Dave, they're trying to sell a documentary. Yes. Or, to, of course you want them, you want them to listen to your podcast. Why should mm-hmm. we take what they're saying as, as legitimate? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Like David Grush, um, jeopardized his military career, retired early and set himself up for, hum- for the humiliate humiliation in public. Uh, cause he, cause he wants to make those big book dollars. Because America and podcast loves, dollars. Oh, podcast dollars. Oh man, because we all know we all know how much America loves to read. Um, <laughs> hey, that's not fair. Yeah. I think the world is in that place now, it's not true. just America. No, but authors yeah. authors are such money pigs. Uh, that you know. <laughs> yeah, especially nowadays yeah. when everybody and their brother is publishing and self publishing. There's no money left in it. Yeah, and and yeah, yeah, we're doing our podcast. It's yeah, it's it's it's, it's ludicrous. There's no there's no incentive for uh, for David Grush to do uh, what he's doing. It, it, it in no way improves his personal life. You know. Well, then like, let me ask you with that. Then why does he come forward? To what end is what people want to know? If it's not to cash in. And he's he's taking himself out of the political environment that he worked in and and the uh, uh, status that he had. Why? Why does he feel it's so important to get this information out there? I think it might have been the same thing that got him to enlist and the same thing that got him to put himself in harm's way. Uh, It's something I believe it might be something people call patriotism. Mm. Um, Serving the public, you mean? Serving the public good. Serving Good God, man. Yeah, and and uh, dedication to uh, to serving the truth, um, and a belief that that uh, in a democracy, uh, the people who uh, who pay all the taxes are entitled to at least some of the information. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the people that do all the you know to you know the uh, to quote to, you know Jimmy Stewart in in It's a Wonderful Life, the you know all the working and fighting and dying. You know that they get something out of it. Um, now, now we look at that though as, but he also took a, an oath to his government office to hold and maintain the secrets and things that could seem detrimental uh, or would be detrimental to the public. Should we know this? Uh, there have been many whistleblowers that have come forward on this. Snowden as well, have, have, you know, has briefly touched on the UFO aspects and so many others before him. And and you've got retired. People like uh, uh, Jesse Marcel Jr., Jesse Marcel himself, both retired very high positions in the military mm-hmm. and then still elected to talk about these things. If they truly were protected, I've, I've always been curious, why hasn't the government come after them for being a traitor? Because then they would have to, the government would then have the onus put on them of cross-examination and you proving would, that yes. what they're saying is wrong. Well, that's why they have the uh, the clearance program that they have. Like my, I forget what they call it, but they you mm-hmm. know they have an acronym for it. Um, but the you know the clearance program that anyone in the military has to go through before before writing a book or a memoir, you know. Um, and it's true they can they can uh, approve certain things for disclosure for him to speak in public as long as it doesn't you know technically reveal any 
uh, classified information. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can do that. He can do that, but then obviously he can't go beyond that. He can't, you know, all the things where he kept saying, I could tell you this in closed session. Um, but if they were to challenge him and uh, challenge his whistleblower complaint, and then he would have the right to defend himself in public, in which case uh, all the thing the government would have to prove that the things he's saying aren't true. Which would then also force their hand to open up files that they necessarily don't want opened or examined. Yes. They would wind up having to de facto declassify things that, that, uh, that doing it this way, they can keep him, uh, in classified setting until somebody like say uh, Chuck Schumer writes legislation that very mm-hmm. specifically claws things out of the secret world. Um, even going so far as to, uh, to claw things back from the, uh, the atomic energy exemption in the right. FO and the, in FOIA, um, you know, because, because uh, so much of the, uh, the evidence of UFOs got funneled into the department of energy as a way to protect it from, from freedom of information acts. Well, I know that your, your podcast, I think you've got episode seven out at this point. Is that right? I think so. I'm not good at counting. Yeah. So, uh, for you, the folks here that are watching and you like when I dip into the UFO realm, um, I know I don't do it nearly enough for a lot of you. That's because there are guys that are doing it plenty and they're doing it well. And let's just take a quick look at uh, a teaser for the really podcast. Okay. Dave Foley, I have one question for you. What the f- is going on? I do not know, but I am at least aware that something is going on, which is the frustrating part about the UFO story is that there are people who know more than other people, but there's nobody who's crossed that finish line of knowing what the hell is going on. So in addition to the disinformation campaigns that the CIA has run, in 2017, the New York Times, the newspaper of record, said, hey, there's something going on here. Now you can pile some conspiracy on top of that, and now you've got something that's going to last decades. There's something here. The government has said they are here. They have confirmed this exotic technology is here. What do they want? What are we going to do about it? It's not in the realm of conjecture. It's not conjecture anymore. No. I, I don't know what the ultimate answer is, but I know a lot of what we're told is bullshit. There's factual reports of paid disinformation campaigns. It gives you a little chill. It definitely made us go, what is that? Well, that looks good. Yeah, it does, doesn't no, it? You should good, check yeah. it out every That's Thursday, good. I guess, new episodes. You're seven episodes in now, Dave, and you're you're going into this open-eyed, open-minded, open-hearted. You've talked to some amazing people that have great insights into this. What has been some of the biggest surprises to you that um, have been revealed? Well, I don't Well, first, I, the only thing I want, I want to point one thing. I would so wish Tom could be here tonight, but he's off. I do, too. Apparently, he's still doing something called living a life. Um <sighs> Uh, but, uh, cause, uh, cause with really, we actually had planned on breaking out beyond the UFO thing. We mm-hmm. actually wanted to deal with some issues of paranormal and, uh, and other, and, uh, you know, consciousness, things like that. Cause, cause Tom has actually a great, uh, haunting story from his childhood that he lived in an extremely haunted house as a kid. But, um, 
so we kind of so we but so much has been going on in the ufo world that we haven't been able to get off it since right we well and you shouldn't right now because ride that wave i mean you guys are bringing in a lot of big heavy hitters a lot of people that have insights that that many of us uh haven't had a chance to see or hear yet and that's fantastic. And we're just at the beginning of this. Listen, we're just breaking into August here. Mm-hmm. And we've had a couple of hearings this year. We've had people uh, coming forward now, new people stepping forward. We've got uh, representatives in many different states angling for information release. So there's going to yeah. be more news. We'll have you and Tom on when that happens. And we'll get to hear Tom's story, hopefully, in that. But mm-hmm. in our few minutes left together here, what yeah. what has been well, some I- of the biggest boom to you? Well, I think the biggest thing has got to be the David Gresh uh, story, uh, and 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 all the things that have happened as a as a as a an echo of the David Gresh story. I think the fact that David Gresh came forward with this, and I think it's, it was a part of the story that I've been really reluctant to fully embrace the the retrieved craft and bodies and all of that, and mm-hmm. the reverse engineering. Uh, it was hard for me to come to that, and I and I heard about it over a year ago, uh, hinted at, and. Um, but still, it was going and was started when I heard it. But then, then to follow that up with um, two legislators, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand and and Chuck Schumer, both writing extraordinarily specific uh, uh, legislation that is clearly like bespoke, tailor made legislation based on this whistleblower complaint, based on the the information that he has given to uh, to Congress. And basically, you know, one of them trying to cut off the spigot of money to all of these dark programs and with with threats of jail time for people who don't uh, follow the rules. And then Schumer's pulling everything out of the dark secret world, pulling, getting, you know, uh, writing legislation that says uh, that all UFO information, documents, uh, materials are de facto unclassified unless an argument can be made to a panel who will present their findings to the president to keep it classified. So essentially saying everything automatically is unclassified from here on once this legislation gets signed. Mm-hmm. And the, that, the, uh, that the DOD and the intel community has to fight to keep it classified and have to present arguments to an independent panel that has to be signed by the president so the president no longer has uh, deniability. Right. Um, as, you know, as I keep likening it to... You know, we've heard, we've seen, we've heard what David Grush can tell us, and we've heard what other mm-hmm. uh, witnesses can tell us. Uh, these politicians have heard what he, we can't be told yet. So I liken it to, uh, you know, uh, we we are seeing the footprint left by what David Grush has said. They have seen the foot. Oh, good point. You know, and they are suitably impressed by what they have learned to write legislation that only a few years ago would sound insane. And, and it is when we're talking about, uh, not that it's insane, but this information that they're trying to, to make available and the things they're trying to protect, like non-human biologics. Right. And yeah. I love the fact that they're pushing. So what exactly does that mean? We mm-hmm. can talk about that in the closed session, sir. Yeah. So I, I love the fact that it's, we'll figure this out. We'll get it going. I like, um, I like to refer to myself as a technically human biologic. <laughs> technically human. Technically, well, I, I qualify. Are you just out, out of curiosity? I mean, obviously, there have been hosts, uh, Art Bell and and some of the others who have 
um, dealt with some flashback for being a voice and giving this information out. Do you, do you worry for yourself uh, that helping to keep blowing the whistle and banging that drum that you might eventually garner some bad attention from a dark horse? Um, well, I, th I think the greater danger for me is just that there, there may be a producer somewhere uh, who will, who will go, who will say, Oh, I'm not going to hire him. He's a UFO nut. That's the greater danger for me than from any sort of government reprisals. Cause I don't think anyone, no one cares enough about what I'm saying um, to, to go after me. I don't have that. Right. I, don't, I don't have the reach, but definitely if there's any danger to me, it's the, is that somebody will not hire me because they think this whole subject is crazy and therefore I must be crazy. Um, so why would you want him on set all day? Did you, uh, did you hear that? He understands you can stand down, stand down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, you know, I've, I've had people reach out to me from time to time over 18 years of doing this from time to time when we've picked a, a scab and have been politely warned off from continuing the discussions. And yeah, in some instances have veered off after speaking to some people in the field and passing the information along and them saying, yeah, I might corroborate that what this guy's saying is a good idea to stand down right now, but mm -hmm. keep watching Dave, things are coming. And that to me has been kind of a, Oh, hmm. so I, I have all my curtains are closed 24 hours a day. Dave Foley, I just want <laughs> yeah. you to realize what you're getting into <laughs> yeah. getting into this world. Um, very strange. Hey, I do want to do something uh, a little bit of uh, fun, if you don't mind here. Oh, I love fun. Uh, yeah, oh, we've got a yeah. buddy of ours who has something he wants to announce. It's time now for Paratunes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. On this show, not only do we like to talk about the strange and unusual, we like to break some new and unheard artists. And uh, I have been watching social media. And Dave, there is this amazing young singer that has just released a new song. Could you tell us a little bit about it? Well, she's incredibly talented. You know, I'm a huge music buff as well as uh, being into the UFOs and paranormal stuff. Um, so I, I love music. I love young singer-songwriters. And this woman, um, she's a young woman named Alina, I believe it's pronounced Foley. Uh, Foley. Okay. Yes, I, I, believe that's, I believe it's Russian. Um, Is it? Uh, oh, no, Irish. Sorry, Irish. I can never tell them apart. Uh, Canadian Irish? Canadian Irish. Uh, yeah. yeah. So she's... Uh, uh, she has a wonderful new song out called uh, called Death March, uh, and it's her first uh, single release. And uh, I couldn't be prouder of her, even if, if I was, for example, her father. Interesting. Well, let's let's give a quick listen to Miss Foley's debut single. This is Death March. I don't want to die an angel, and I don't want to die a slave. I don't want to die at all But I've given too much thought I still will never be damn good But I don't want to die Rock star style I just want to die in love I just want to fall in love Won't you please let me get Just say I'm a monster I'll be the first to blow the candle 
Shabby, Mr. Foley. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, the talent is definitely there. Amazing. Yeah, I should point out that track was also produced by her uncle, Tony Guerrero, who's a, a great jazz, Southern California jazz musician who produced Arturo Sandoval's Grammy nominated album last year. Name dropper. Yeah. Look at you. We do have a link up for Miss Foley and her music and where you can find it on Spotify and Apple Tunes. Make sure that you do that and rate and review. Let people know about it. Share that single. Get it out and about, my little darklings. I appreciate it. Uh, Dave Foley, I look forward to seeing you. And we are going to be together again next at uh, September 1st through the 3rd at the Austin Convention Center for GalaxyCon Austin, Texas. Yep. And then in December... 
GalaxyCon Columbus, Ohio, December 1st through the 3rd. And I think at some point we got to do a panel together, Dave, and talk that would be about great stuff. Yeah, that yeah. would be fantastic because I think I don't know when I'm going to be allowed to talk about myself again. So yeah. Thank, thank God I know about at least one other thing. Yes. Well, we will talk about those one other things together, hopefully in the future. Uh, Dave Foley, we uh, have got a link up for you, for your programs, and for the Patreon page so people can find you and keep up with you and Tom as you continue on with this endeavor. Thank you so much for spending a little time with us here. Well, thank you. You are a lovely man, Dave Schrader. Thank you, Dave Foley. Talk to you again soon. That's it. Two Daves down, one to go. Stay tuned. We've got more to discuss right here on the very best in paranormal programming. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is my Paranormal 60. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me now from Spaced Out Radio, my good friend, UFO experiencer, alien experiencer, and all-around good guy in spite of that. Please help us welcome back to the show, Dave Scott. Hey, Dave, how are you? Good. I had some microphone issues right beforehand, and you know when the computer just spins and spins and spins so i'm like crap i can't let dave down gotta get on my phone so i apologize that uh i've got the meaty look right now going on and i'm not as handsome as you are but that's okay dave you don't even have to try you're just good looking by nature uh it's good to have you back here brother and i've got uh we've got a lot to discuss a lot of strange stuff and i wanted to uh chat with you about some of the stories you know in america here we've heard of all of the different crashes and ufo sightings and phoenix lights and roswell and and texas and all of these amazing tales but there's quite a few mysterious tales of ufo angst that has come from your lovely country of canada and uh, obviously, uh, Shag Harbor is one of them. Isn't Shag Harbor considered the Roswell of Canada? Yeah, pretty much. And, and you know what's funny is the two we're going to talk about tonight, 
Both happened in 1967, about five months apart from each other. And here's a little trivia for you, Dave, because I know you're more paranormal than UFO. But guess who Canada's defense minister was in 1967? A gentleman uh, go ahead. named Dudley Do-Right. Close. See, you didn't think I knew my Canadian stuff. Close, what? man. I was close? No. It, Who? It, Tim Hortons. No. I, I'm teasing. Okay. <laughs> He's the ambassador to donut worlds everywhere. I understand. A gentleman named Paul Hellyer. Mm-hmm. And Paul Hellyer, for people who remember his name in the UFO community, came out as an 88-year-old man saying the aliens are here. They've been here a long time. But what's funny about Hellier, God rest his soul, is he never, ever admitted to knowing anything about UFOs while he was Canada's defense minister. You would think that would be a man who should have been in the know. So in May of 1967, we had the Falcon Lake incident. This is where a gentleman named Stefan Mikulik had gone out prospecting, looking for agates and other sweet gems around the creeks around his area. And he came across these silver discs that were just kind of hovering there. And one was on the ground and it had a door open. And, and knowing that, you know, in Canada, we see a lot of testing of UFO of uh, US fighters because of NORAD and everything. There's always US jets in Canadian airspace. Well, guess what? He thought this was something that was new and that it crashed or maybe was having technical issues. Mm -hmm. So he walked up to the, the door of it, which was open, and he looks inside, gives the old hello, thinks he sees a shape moving around inside. Next thing you know, the engines of this craft fire up, the door closes, and he kind of gets pushed to the ground by the energy of this. And as it goes up, it burns his chest and clothing. And for a couple years, he had like a checkerboard on his chest of round circles that went, I think, in a, in a four by six pattern. And that happened for years, like radiation burns. Wow. Okay. Follow up. Okay. Now, Paul Hellyer was the defense minister at that time. July 1st, 1967, Hellyer opens up in St. Paul, Alberta, a UFO landing pad to celebrate Canada's 100th birthday, saying that everybody is allowed in Canada, even the aliens. Coincidence? Oh. Don't know. But let's fast forward to September of that year where Hellier's uh, uh, Liberal Party gets, uh, gets booted from the Prime Minister uh, and, the, and the Canadian leadership over to the Conservative Party. And three weeks after that happens, while they're still in transition, this UFO seems to fly over the Lake Ontario, and then it flies over uh, the eastern part of the United States through Maine and crashes into a harbor called Shag Harbor in Nova Scotia. Over 800 witnesses to this case. There were RCMP members, so Royal Canadian Mounted Police, members of the Canadian Navy, members of the United States Navy from the, I think the base is Bangor, I believe, the big Navy base there, and hundreds of civilians witnessed what they thought 
was an airliner that had crashed into Shag Harbor. Immediately, the calls went out. Back then, you had the party lines. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's trying to get a hold of uh, the Transportation Canada, which would be like our FAA, uh, and trying to get a hold of whether or not there's any aircraft that went down. Of course, they come back negative for the area. All aircraft are present and accounted for or already landed. Mm. And that's where things started going towards UFOs, Canada's Roswell, except in the ocean where there's high currents and 20-foot great white sharks that like to hang out in that area. Okay, so they're trying to figure out what crashed in. People are watching this. There's people, there's rumors that there's lights in the water. Other people are saying, no, there was nothing. It was just darkness and, and stillness. And the Navy started putting out their ships because they're wondering if this is an airliner, we got to rescue people. We got to see, is there debris on the, on the, on the top of the water? Is there anything? They couldn't find anything. The mm. next day, there's this giant rumor that's going, that's been going around for decades now, Dave, where two Canadian naval divers actually dove down allegedly to see what was in the water. Now, this is where it could be a little hokey. This is where I don't know whether I can believe this or not, because, you know, we do have to have an ounce of skepticism here. But it was believed that two Navy divers actually reported seeing some sort of entity working on a craft that was not of this origin, and that there was a second craft underwater right beside it. So the rumor is that they went the next day to send more divers down to see if they could get any more information, who they are, what they are, whatever it is. And when they went back the next morning, both of those ships were gone. The craft was completely disappeared. It was like it vanished into thin air. They checked all around for the, the harbors and the currents and into the Atlantic, could not find any trace of this craft it was gone wasn't i thought i'd read that there was some kind of smoke and mirrors about this as well because it was like as they were originally intent on going down there something happened in a, not too far away in canada that drew the attention a claimed ufo sighting or crash again which diverted them they think that allowed the ones that were there to escape because everybody else was looking over to the left while to the right the craft that had gone down was was being repaired and and left well i mean this is this is where the story you know gets i mean when you have 800 people witnessing this 800 people are going to have 800 different testimonies right now i have not personally heard that about mm -hmm. shank harbor is it possible yes because there may have been people saying you know we're seeing other orbs in the sky because this thing came like a, it, it looked like a bright orange orb, like almost like a meteorite with, hmm. a, with a fire trail coming down. You know, I mean, there were a lot of people who witnessed like a, a round orb. Well, this wasn't round. It was a flat shaped craft, not a disc, not like right. we see the, the sports model from Bob Lazar, but something right. much on a larger scale. And then to have hmm. it squint underwater with it, it, it's still one of the mysteries. And you know, Dave, we have we have seen people put thousands upon thousands about hundreds of thousands of not millions of dollars into research and nobody has ever gone back oh, 
Well, our our guests get knocked off. There Sorry we go. about that. But you're nobody... starting to get me nervous, Dave. I, every <laughs> time we talk UFOs, something weird happens, man. Uh, All right, go on. I know. I know, but nobody's ever spent any money to take a submarine back down to that area to see if there is debris still there. If this thing hit the ground, it had to bury something. It's not that deep. We're not talking mm. about Titanic type of depths here. Okay, you could send a rover down there or a submarine down there quite easily. Yes, you're battling currents. And after almost 60 years, I'm sure many of much of that debris, if there was any, has moved on if it hadn't already been taken by the Navy. But much like Roswell, people today are still claiming to find the odd debris. It may be the size of a quarter, but they're finding anomalous pieces. Okay, now whether that's they turn out true or not, we don't know. All we hear is, oh, this is happening. But I'm convinced that if somebody had the money to actually take a submarine down there, that we might actually find a piece of that craft. We have to take a quick break. We'll come back. Dave Scott, our guest for the remainder of today's show. This is the Paranormal 60. Innovation, creation, vitality, and joy are the pulse of mysoultopia.com with many custom creations for the mind, body, and spirit, along with classes, intuitive sessions, coaching, and healing energies. MySoulTopia.com strives to bring sophistication with a twist to the metaphysical and the holistic market, while raising the community's vibration and channeling the new paradigm, which means new and exciting adventures for all. MySoulTopia.com is utopia for your soul. Visit MySoulTopia.com, your one-stop shop for all your metaphysical needs. Offering hand-selected crystals and crystal jewelry with prices to fit every budget. MySoulTopia.com offers the best selections of tarot and divination cards by top designers. Expertly curated and award-winning book collections from top authors on every subject you'll need on your spiritual journey. My Soultopia is also proud to offer the finest singing bowls and an eclectic collection of the most amazing gemstones, crystals, and crystal jewelry from the top metaphysical designers in the world. MySoultopia.com is always your one-stop shop for award-winning mixes of Florida water, sage spray, and other spiritual protection. So begin your journey with the best resource, MySoulTopia.com. That's MySoulTopia.com. Why mess with the rest when you can start with the best? MySoulTopia.com. Again, that's M-Y-S-O-U-L-T-O-P-I-A.com. Hey, folks, we are almost there. The Anderson House in Wabasha, Minnesota is calling. Would you like to join me this weekend for special ghost hunts and get a chance to see one of Minnesota's own very frightening, very haunted houses? 
Well, then you should definitely sign up. There's information at darknessevents.com. There are only four spots that remain if you want to join the ghost hunt. So go check out darknessevents.com and come on out to the Anderson House this weekend, August 18th through the 20th. There'll be presentations, there'll be meet and greets, and lots of hugs to go around. So come on out and see me. It's going to be an amazing time. Again, more information on that event and so many others at darknessevents.com. Haunted Magazine, issue 38, Hot Summer Frights, is an electrifying edition that will send shivers down your spine. Dive into a world where history and mystery, the normal and the paranormal, intertwine. In the latest edition, we look at the Hell House hauntings, the terror of the Warminster thing, the Borley Rectory, Sin Eating in Shropshire, and just what the heck is the Grampus? You can find our magazine at the website hauntedmagazineprintshop.com and selected outlets in the UK, Canada, Australia, and the United States. So grab your copy today. And remember, kids, don't be normal. Be paranormal. Hey, everybody. Remember, I will be a special ghost guest tonight on Ghost Box Radio. You can check out the information at ghostboxradio.com. I'll be on from 10.06 p.m. to 11, and I hope that you will join us as I join Greg and we discuss all things strange and supernatural. Speaking of strange, our guest right now, live broadcasts daily come from Spaced Out Radio and the one, the only, the legendary Dave of your night. It is Dave Scott. And we're talking about Canadian UFOs and high strangeness. I know we've only got about, oh, 10 minutes left together here, Dave. So I want to dive back into this. And again, thank you for being with us. What's your topic tonight on uh, Spaced Out Radio? Hmm. UFOs? Shall we dig into them? Oh, my. What? No. no. Never, never, never. Yeah, we're going UFOs uh, from MUFON, Colorado. Katie Page will be my guest tonight. She is absolutely amazing uh, what she has uncovered on so many different levels and you know the one thing you know ufos has become so political dave mm-hmm. every now and again i just I, mean, I think i think my audience likes it okay but every now and again you got to get back to the storytelling and get back to you know let everybody else battle the po- political side of everything and let's just talk some ufos let's talk some strange right. And so that's what we're doing tonight, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Very cool. Again, you can check out that at Spaced Out Radio. It streams right here on YouTube, and uh, we'll have a link for it on today's program guide as well. Uh, I will be doing the Ghost Box Radio tonight, folks, so you can find that on Ghost Box Radio pages for the first hour. Then make sure you flip over and join our buddy Dave Scott over on spaced out radio he promises to keep all the good stuff for the second hour of the program so that you don't miss anything uh we're talking ufos in canada what is the take how are, how is canadian media and government uh dealing with all the news that's coming out of the united states or are they remaining kind of quiet and impartial at this point you know what it's really funny that you asked that question because dave i have done since the beginning of this year probably 35, 40 interviews across Canada about UFOs. Mm-hmm. Outside of my home station of Saga 960 in Mississauga, Ontario, 
not one journalist, not one radio host has asked me the Canadian side of this story on whether or not these events are happening in Canada. I keep getting asked everything about what's going on in the U.S. And do you believe this is going on? Do you believe that the government is doing this? Why is the government talking about this? But nobody ever asks whether or not the government is actually talking about it up here. And that is because when in Canada, because we live in a parliamentary system, it works differently than in the United States, which means that the governing party, which is the Canadian Liberal Party by Justin Trudeau, who is our prime minister, whether you love him or not, that's up to you. And, you know, what happens is they have control of absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. Sure, certain people can make questions. So conservative MP, the conservatives are in the uh, opposition. And so conservative MP Larry McGuire really stirred it up about a year and a half ago, uh, asking about UFOs over nuclear facilities in Canada, since we do not have any nuclear weapons, but we do have nuclear power facilities. That mm -hmm. kind of got the ball rolling on everything. But the Liberal Party of Canada really has yet to respond on anything outside of what happened in February regarding those drones from China that were shot down. One being over Canadian airspace that we had to use an American F-15, or pardon me, F, uh, what is, the, not the F-35, the F-22 Raptor to shoot down because our antiquated CF-18 Hornets from the first batch in 1980 that were still flying really didn't have the technical capability to find the craft, let alone shoot it down. So when it comes to UFOs, though, I do know this. Mm -hmm. I do know that Canadian citizens, if they report a UFO to the Royal Canadian Mount of Police, that this is the protocol. When you make that phone call, so hi, this is Dave Schrader. I've seen a UFO over over British Columbia, and this is where I live. It's still hovering there. That phone call gets goes straight to the staff sergeant on duty who drops everything to send that report to head office in Ontario, who, who sends it to NORAD, who scrambles the closest fighter jets to try and intercept it. I also know that if the craft is on the ground, same thing happens, but they try and get the military there, or they'll cordon off the area with Royal Canadian Mounted Police until the military arrives. So Canada does have serious protocol. What is happening here is Canada has not gone on the defensive with this. They have not looked at this whole topic as a, as a UFO threat narrative as we've seen out of the United States. In fact, the Department of National Defense about six months ago literally came out and said there is zero threat in Canadian airspace to UAPs, which mm. is great. Fantastic. That's, that's great news because it sure contradicts our neighbors to the south. Okay, but we also know in America, fear sells budgets. And mm -hmm. a lot more zeros can be added on those budgets if there is a threat narrative. That being said, Canada's top scientist, lady named Dr. Mona Niemer, is trying right now, and she will be putting out a report in October of getting Canada's own alphabet agencies together to release their UFO files to put it all under one scientific group. Mm -hmm. And if she is successful, and from what I'm hearing right now from my sources in Canada's capital of Ottawa, she's not being very successful. 
Okay, mm. she's getting a lot of pushback. Then Canada will have its own UFO desk for scientific study. That is what the Conservative Party of Canada would like to see happen. Unfortunately, because they're not in control of Parliament right now, the chances of them getting that are slim to none. But we also, in Canada, are in a minority government, which means an election can be called at any time. And Trudeau's liberals are not doing very well in the polls. So if there was a snap election and the Conservatives get in, it's probably going to open up a lot of those doors that have been closed so far. All right, Dave Scott, our guest, thank you for being the trifecta of Dave's tonight and joining us. And I hope everybody will tune in and check out Spaced Out Radio, one of the best programs out there talking about high strangeness. Again, you could check it out 9 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Mountain, 11 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. or I'm sorry, 12 a.m. Eastern, spacedoutradio.com and on all of your streaming platforms after the fact. So thank you again for being here and being a part of the show with us, Dave. Always, Dave. Much love to you and your fans. Thank you, my friend. Well, folks, there's no denying something strange is going on. The skies seem alive and it is garnering the attention of Canadians, Americans, and even a kid in the hall. From the three Daves, a little Dave vu for you tonight. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. And may the darkness of the world around us be just a little more light with the information that we bring and shed right here on the very best in paranormal discussion and paranormal talk radio. I'm Dave Schrader. And this, this is my realm. This is the Paranormal 60. Uh -oh.